My name is Mark Madison, and I am so very proud to have Fujitsu General America as a sponsor. At Fujitsu, they're focused on partnering with the best distributors and contractors to ensure that each Fujitsu heating and cooling system brings infinite comfort to every end user. Christine Rose is passionate about coaching, people, and culture. She's the CEO and founder of Christine Rose Coaching and Consulting in the Seattle-Tacoma area. Her book, Life Beyond Me Too, Creating a Safer World for Our Mothers, Daughters, Sisters, and Friends, is available on Amazon. Well, good morning. This is Mark Madison on Books and People. Welcome to another episode of my podcast. Today, we have the privilege of interviewing Christine Rose, who's a coach and a consultant, and she lives in my home state of Washington. Christine, how are you this morning? Hi, Mark. I'm so delighted to be with you today. I'm doing fabulous. How are you? Well, I'm in lovely Lake Chelan, Washington, so couldn't be any better. The worst day here is better than the best day almost anywhere else. Oh, I love Lake Chelan. It's so pretty over there. It really is. There's a vibe here that's conducive with uh, serenity and peace of mind. So nobody's going to give me half a peace sign today, I'm pretty sure. So That's right. Right. Well, I know you're bringing it too. You're bringing it to the Chelan Valley, Mark, and well, I know you bring great mindset and great peace of mind to everybody. Your your books are amazing, and you're such an inspiration. So I just know uh, that they love you there in Chelan. Well, I'll give you ten years to stop saying that. I appreciate it. So, uh, <laughs> so let, I'm trying to remember. How did we meet? Was it a referral? We met on LinkedIn, and I'm so grateful for LinkedIn because I've met some really wonderful, fascinating people, and you're, you're one of the people. I'm, I'm so delighted that we met on LinkedIn, I think, through about Vistage, possibly. But yes. Really yes. great to connect with you. Right, right, through Vistage. Yeah, because I met some folks in New Jersey, and they asked if I'd be interested in speaking to the folks at Vistage, and, and then I think through that, someone gave me your name. So that's exactly how it was. Well, let me ask you this. How did you get started as a coach? That's a great question. Um, I actually hired a coach, and it was so transformational for me. I decided when I retired, I want to learn that. I want to learn the magic. I want to know why coaching made such a huge difference in my life, in my personal transformations at work, financially, emotionally, with my relationships. And, you know, it just was so awesome. So I studied it. I went to co Coach U, Corporate Coach U. And then in the course of studying it, just for my own personal development, I just thought this is too good not to share. So I started the business in 2015 and have been working Ever since then, helping facilitate transformations for people, small business owners mostly, and it's, it's wonderful. I love it. Who are your mentors? Okay, so I've had mentors all my life. I've loved, you know, some of the greats, Brian Tracy, Sig Sigler. I also love my mentors that I've had in coaching. So Teresa McKenna is one uh, who was uh, actually my literal mentor coach uh, for Coach You. And um, I also really appreciate the work of Bob Dunham. He's 
uh, founder of the Institute for Generative Leadership, and I have followed him, loved what he did in the book, The Innovator's Way, and actually quoted him in my book. And Amy Edmondson and Dr. Tim Clark doc, uh, are, are both pioneers in research and psychological safety, and I, I definitely follow them. Marshall Goldsmith actually endorsed my book, and he's been somebody who I've followed for decades. He's a brilliant guy. I read, a, I read two of his books, and uh, one of the things I got from it was, <laughs> what do you need to stop doing? What do you need to start doing? and why and that right. was so simple right yeah love him love John Maxwell too <clears throat> yeah John was a friend of my late mentor Charlie Jones so I kind of knew him by association I've read a few of his books you're obviously a voracious reader how did you uh, when I mean women read more than men as a general rule I know that's a bit of a stereotype but it seems to be true so when did you develop a passion for reading Okay, so this is the beginning of my sad story, Mark, because I grew up in a home with three abusers in my home, and re reading was an escape for me. Mm. Um, but you know what? I think men read a lot, too. And, you know, and I know, like, the fact that when I go to a Seahawks game, the guys know the stats. A lot of women don't know the stats. And when I go to a baseball game, the guys know stuff, and they got it by reading, mostly. And so it's about what are we interested in reading? What's it going to do for us for our life? And, you know, what you said, like, guys don't read more than 100 pages, I think you said. So, yeah. like, I need to make my books shorter. But reading was an escape for me. And the public library was a place of refuge for me. And so I, I really learned to love reading young. And now I'm just a, a lifelong learner. And, you know, we all have that stack of books that we mean to read. And I think that there's a lot of guys and women, too, that have that stack that's been sitting in their office that they plan to get to. And we kind of hope by osmosis maybe somehow we're going to get some of that information in. But if we just take 10 minutes, you know, at the end of the day or just kind of plug in a little bit of time a day, pretty soon we find out we've read the book. So I, yes. I highly recommend that. It's kind of like eating an elephant. You chop it up and eat it one bite at a time, right? Yeah, yeah. wherever you can fit it in. Well, and, and yeah, I should probably amend my, <laughs> my statement. Men do read. We read reports and we read financial statements and we read magazines and, you know, technical manuals. And so we read, but we don't read as many books as women do. Women have a tendency yeah. to. Yeah, I went I, to... Um, Garth Stein wrote uh, The Art of Racing in the Rain, and I went to uh, a book reading that he was doing here in Chelan, and there were 23 women and, and two dudes, Garth and me. <laughs> yeah. Well, right? and, you know, women read the financial reports and the technical manuals and all that stuff, too. And then somewhere, because I think a lot of times uh, reading has become a natural way of kind of raising the playing field for women. They're, they're reading a lot. So, yeah. Right. But it's really, um, it's great to have, you can have mentors through books. You can, you can learn so much through books. And I appreciate your contributions, Mark. Your books are really helpful. Well, thank you. It, I, I don't know who said it. They said, well, maybe it was Stephen King. He said, I give a book 20 or 30 pages. 
And if it doesn't hook me, I toss it and reach for the next one. And, uh, and I, I, I agree with that. There's been, you know, of the thousands of books I've read over the last 30 years, there's probably been three that I stopped reading just because it didn't do anything for me. And maybe it wasn't time. I don't know, but, um, you know, the books I don't read won't help, and people who don't read are no better off than those that don't know how to read. Now, having said that, some people simply, it's, you know, there's auditory, kinesthetic, and visual, and the auditories uh, listen to books while they drive, which I also do. But some people, that's how they process the information is by listening. And, and thank God for Audible now. My books are on Audible, and I don't know if yours are, but uh, they need to be if you want to reach, you know, more people. It's a wonderful way to to process information while uh, I call it windshield university, you know, where you're driving around. You're in, you're in uh, Port Angeles. Well, actually I'm a little bit east of Tacoma. Okay. So I, I live on a little lake east of Tacoma. Oh, that's nice. Well, I drove from Edmonds to Tacoma for four years, if you can imagine in the early nineties. Wow. And that, yeah, <laughs> 110 miles round trip. And that's when I got committed to, uh, to listening to books, on, uh, back then it was on cassette and then CDs and of course now audible, but I, I don't yeah. think it matters how you get the information as long as you get it. What's your favorite book? If you had to pick one that had the biggest impact on you, what would it be? Well, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say the Bible, um, mm. you know, and I've, there's not a lot of people who pick that up and read it. There's a lot of people who maybe their family has one, but I, I really, have experienced a lot of growth personally and received a lot of wisdom. There's some great wisdom literature in there. There's some amazing human interest stories and it's come to life. And so it's, it's had a profound impact on my life. Well, it's hard not to read Proverbs or Galatians without being inspired because there's just so much great content, so much great advice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably my number one. Um, I love Marshall Goldsmith's What Got You Here Won't Get You There. Yes. I really like that book. I thought it, I read it twice. It was, I might have even listened to it as well. I, I, I just remember being blown away by his content and how he started working with CEOs on a uh, you know, 100% commission. And it was like, what? You know, he said, yeah, here, here, this is the results we're looking for. And if, if, you know, if we don't get them, then you don't pay me. And I thought, wow, yeah. this guy has courage. Well, you know what? I admire his courage so much that I made that a practice in my own business. So if my clients don't get the ROI that we're looking for, and first of all, they have to define it. They have to tell me how we're going to measure it. And if they don't get it, they don't pay me. That's awesome. So who are your clients? I mean, the title of your book is Life Beyond Me Too, Creating a Safer World for Mothers, Daughters, Sisters, and Friends. So are women your primary clients or is, are, are you across the board? Mark, I started out with mostly coaching women, but I actually, my clients are CEOs of companies from five to 50 million mostly. Okay. Um, and I'm working with leaders and I wrote the book because we need culture change and the Me Too movement illuminated the fact that we need culture change. But if you're not a part of the culture requiring uh, change, you might not know what to do or how to bring that about or really have a deep understanding of why we need culture change. So I wrote the book for a general audience 
about what happened in the Me Too movement and how impactful it could be for the culture if we continue to create a safer world for everyone. Can you, can you illuminate a, a couple of your favorite passages from the book? Sure. Let me look in my book. Sure, that's the best way to do it. Favorite passage. You know, if, if you're like me, you start at the back and try to figure out what the person's trying to say. And so at the back, I have a passage about my hope for a new normal. And, um, and I'll just read from that. I dream of a world where all children are loved, nourished, and have equal access to an engagement in quality education. I dream of a world where all are able to contribute and be rewarded justly in the marketplace and then out of it. I dream of a world where unpaid work is shared by all joyfully, and there are none who are disadvantaged by carrying a heavier burden of unpaid work. I dream of a world where sexuality is viewed as a beautiful, miraculous gift, where people voluntarily come together for intimacy, unity, and procreation. I dream of a world where nobody is used where consent is always ascertained and agreed upon, and there's never a doubt about whether a sexual expression is desired. I dream of a world where sexual discrimination and harassment do not exist, where people are invested in caring for and honoring other humans with their thoughts, words, and actions. I dream of a world where there is no gender discrimination, no objectification or resulting self-objectification, and no such thing a sexual abuse, sexual assault, or attempted sexual assault. I dream of a world where leaders live and teach and help their communities to live and teach deep respect and honor among all members of community, a world where none are excluded for any reason and all are seen for the miracles that we are. Let's make it so. Wow. You and Martin Luther King, that's a lot of dreaming. That's a lot of dreaming. That's so awesome. We got we to work together to make it happen. That's so great. Now, we can either order your e an ebook or a printed version, right, from your website. Yes, and you can also order on Amazon um, if you have Kindle Unlimited. I think the book was free for Kindle Unlimited users. But you so can order it on my website at christinerose.coach. Excellent. I should have bought the .com earlier, Mark. Somebody wanted twenty four thousand seven hundred for it, and I just said I'm not going to do that. Yeah, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. So, so Christine with a C, yeah, Rose like a flower. Yeah, mm -hmm. dot coach. Dot C O A C H. That's right. Got it. Yeah, and I, I went on your website. It's not you did a nice job. It's a, it's a good looking website, and and it, it seems like it's easy to order the book. So if anybody wants a copy, by all means, go on Christine's website and order yours today. That'd be great. Well, Mark, you know what? For your listeners today. If they go on an order, I'll give them a discount code. They can use the code LIFE2020. Okay. Um, and it's a capital L, capital I, capital F, capital E. If it doesn't work or you have any problems, email me at cr at christinerose.coach, and I'll make sure you've got a code that works. Awesome. That's great. Thank you. 
Um, what advice would you offer to women who want to either coach or write a book? And let's, let's start with the uh, coaching first. Get trained. Uh, so that's the first thing, you know, find, connect with International Coaching Federation. They've got a wonderful resource list on their website to learn about coaching training programs that are in your area or online. Um, don't offer coaching without knowing what you're doing. So that's one. And that's for women or men coaches. Um, and then secondly, you can do this. I mean, there's a huge need for coaches. I mean, if Bill Gates said everybody needs a coach, I would say to your listeners, if you're not working with the coach, you're leaving something on the table because there's so much, uh, there's so much to be gained from working with the coach. And then when it comes to writing a book, you know, this was a half to book for me. It wasn't the book I wanted to write, but I really felt like coaching can add something to this conversation that's missing. So, you know, for your book, what is it that you have to add that's missing from the world? What's unique about you, your life, your story, um, you know, your knowledge that you can add to the world? And then, you know, go ahead and start by writing an outline and commit to doing it. I think the biggest difference between people who write books and the people who think about writing books is just that commitment step. So right. you have to commit and then you have to keep yourself on a timeline and meet a deadline and get it done. I agree with that hundred percent, you know, find a need and fill it. That's what I'm hearing you say. That was the whole point of the book acres of diamonds, find an un unmet need in the marketplace and then, pour yourself into as much research as you can study it like crazy and then write what you write, what you know and write what you have a passion for. It's obvious you have a passion for what you do. Uh, my, my writing journey was simple. I, first of all, nobody told me I couldn't write. Right. So I, so I wrote a mm -hmm. book called effective communication. University of Washington paid me to write it and uh, nine people read it. No wait, 10, my mother. So it had a small audience. And that's when I realized I didn't want a book. I wanted a best-selling book. And so I set that as a goal. And then I studied what best-selling books looked like. And a year later, I wrote Freedom from Fear. But the thing is, and you said it, is once you make the decision to write, then write something every day. And so what I did was I just, I got up at 5 o'clock. By 5.30, I was in my office writing. I turned the phone off. And... I wrote three pages or an hour, whichever came first, and I kept writing until I was done with the project. And I've literally done that with every with 15 ebooks and five books. And so it's you're right. The difference between somebody who says they want to write a book and someone who actually does is the one who does sits down and does something every day. Yeah, yeah. My sister gave me an acronym when she was helping me with research. She said a, a writer friend told her that to write a book – you need a sick hawk. I said, what? And she said, S-I-C-H-O-K, seat in chair, hands on keyboard. That's it. It's fear of the blank page, right? Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, I don't know about you, but writing for me is right brain. And when I just start, you know, you get good at writing by writing, right? Writers write. And yes. I remember watching Mike Myers on uh, – Oh, the show is, I don't think it's even, it's on PBS. 
the actor's studio with James Lipton. And Lipton asked him, he said, you know, you're a pretty prolific writer. A lot of people don't know that. And he said, yeah, I just write every day. He said, that's, that's what you did. He said, yeah, I just, I made sure I wrote every single day. And I think that's really the key is just, that was Seinfeld. I think that he, I love this story. This is from James Clear's book, uh, Atomic Habits. He said, Seinfeld got one of those calendars from the insurance company and a big red marker. And he said he wrote for an hour. He wrote jokes every day for an hour. And he put a big red X at the end of the day on, you know, on the calendar. Yeah. And at the end of the month, he had 30 red Xs, right? And yeah. that was his commitment, a ballpoint pen, a yellow legal pad, the calendar, and a red pen. And he said, and the goal was to never break the chain. Yeah, perfect. I just, I just love that and because he's been writing for 40 years and he just never broke the chain. Yeah, we are, the, we are our practices and our habits, right? So it really does make a difference. I'm working on my next chapter. I'm contributing to a book that's going to come out this summer. And it's called Cracking the Rich Code. And it's being uh, assembled, compiled by Jim Britt and Kevin Harrington. And uh, Jim is another one of my mentors. I have really enjoyed him. And I get to contribute a chapter to his next book, just on coaching secrets for entrepreneurs to help them create more income for themselves and have the lives that they want. Yeah, I'm familiar with Jim Britt. I had a long conversation with him one day. He's a smart guy. Yeah, Jim, you know, he mentored Tony Robbins. So he's, he's been around for a while. So how do you want to be remembered? I, uh, one of my favorite quotes is from Abraham Lincoln. And he said, I plucked a thistle and planted a rose where I thought it would grow. And when somebody asked me how I wanted to be remembered, that's literally what I told them. So I thought that'd be an appropriate question to ask somebody whose last name is Rose. How do you want to be remembered? Um, well, that's beautiful. But uh, that's a great question. And uh, thanks for the quote. Um, you know, my, I, I want to be remembered as someone who compassionately develops people to live their best life. Hmm. That's nice. Repeat that if you would. That's wonderful. Yes. Uh, that's my mission in life, to compassionately develop people to live their best life. You know, because we only got one, so why not make it our best? Why not? And if we can't do it, then we can get a coach to help us develop, and then all of a sudden we're living our better life, and then we can live our best life. Do you remember a gentleman named Dan Pointer? Dan Pointer. Um, not ringing the bell right now. Okay. Well, he wrote 120 books and he, <laughs> years ago, back in the seventies, he wanted to jump out of an airplane with a parachute. So, uh, he looked for a book that would help him understand how to do that. And he couldn't find one. So he researched the topic for years and then went to publish the book and couldn't get a publisher. So he taught himself how to self publish. And this this was in the 80s, and uh, his first book was on parachuting, and he sold 80,000 copies, and he said, it bought my first house in Santa Barbara is how he described it. Oh, wow. And uh, he was in his late 70s. I met him, gosh, I met him when he was probably in his mid-60s, and I heard him speak a bunch of times and went to his workshops and uh, subscribed to his newsletters, and, and I was at the Bacar Resort presenting. 
and I realized that he was just a few miles away. So I called him up and I said, Hey, I'm staying an extra day. Would you consider coming down, you know, from your house to the Bacar resort, which I think is just only a couple of miles from where you live and do a coaching session for me, you know? And he said, by all means. So I met him for breakfast the next morning and I paid him $500 and, uh, and it was for an hour and he stayed for almost two and a half. And it was some of the best information I've ever received. And it was worth every single penny. And so I'm always amazed when people said, well, I can't afford a coach. And my response to that is you can't afford not to. Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. Yes, you great need story. one great idea. Well, Mark, you got a deal there. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's a pretty good deal. And well, there's no question. And he, you know, he's gone now, and, but his books remain. And I think that's the, to me, that's the, the, the legacy, that's the shade tree that we get to sit under, but it's going to be around long after we're gone, is the books. And that's why it's one of the reasons I'm passionate about them. So uh, in closing, what parting advice would you offer? Okay, so for your listeners, in addition to make sure you've bought Mark's books, and if you don't read, get them on Audible, I would say um, you're either a part of the problem or you're a part of the solution, pretty much in anything. And that conflict is nothing more than a learning opportunity. And so embrace conflict as a learning opportunity just to see, you know, what you can take from it and how quickly you can resolve it. That's good advice. One of the simple things that I've done for as long as I can remember after every single presentation that I make, I ask myself two questions. What did I do well? What could I improve? And that commitment to that simple process of introspection and reflection and it doesn't matter if you're in sales, if you're a teacher, if you're a coach, if you're a CEO, it doesn't matter. At the end of every project, at the end of every day, ask yourself, what did I do well? What could I improve? And I think it's the Japanese term Kaizen. You improve 1% a day for 90 days and you're twice as valuable. And that, that simple act of reflection is a, is a wonderful way to, uh, to gather up you know, the information you need to be just a little bit better next time. Well, Christine, I know you're busy, and I appreciate you carving out the time to talk with us this morning. Uh, thank you so much. Um, continued success with your coaching business, and I look forward to reading your next book. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you, Mark. It's been a real pleasure. I appreciate the invitation to be on your podcast, and uh, thank you so much for the time. And, and make it a great day unless you have other plans. <laughs> Yeah, it's always a great day. This podcast is brought to you by the team at Fujitsu General America. And like this podcast, they're focused on education and development. From the day they sold their first comfort system in North America, they've been unwavering in their focus on training. It doesn't matter if it's application, installation, or service. A better trained technician brings better value to the homeowner. So when you're looking for infinite comfort, think Fujitsu. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action, or piqued your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206-697-0454 or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net. Should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association or order one of my books, simply go to my website, 
www.sparkingsuccess.net. And remember, make it a great day, unless you have other plans. <laughs>